Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bcc.church. Well, greet you from Texas. I've been gone a week, and I miss it. But uh, it's good to be back in, in Bromley. Uh, I think I met you at a conference, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, was it at this conference here? Or was it something in the... Oh, we've been working in the Balkans for a long time, and, and uh, all, you know, all the roads to East Europe from Texas lead through UK, usually, or Africa, too. So I've been in and out of London a lot. And I've come to love and appreciate your pastor so much and see what God's doing. Isn't God doing some amazing things around here? And uh, I'm just glad to be here and see it and lend my support to it any way I can. I pastor our church in Longview, Texas. I've been there for several decades and and it's good to see God work in our community as well. But I want to share something with you that I've been growing in and sharing with our people. And as I prayed about what to do today... I really was drawn to this idea and this scripture. If you want to follow with me, we're going to go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is what we call the faith chapter. Uh, you could also call it the hall of faith. And it's a long chapter, so I, 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 we're just going to take a piece today, right? But uh, I want to focus on a guy that is very prominent in the scripture, both to the, to the Christians and to the Jews, and that is this guy uh, called Abraham. He's really called the father of our faith. And I want you to look in verse with me, in verse 8, if you would. And it says this, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. Here's the phrase. Think about this statement. And he went out not knowing where he was going. I wonder if you've ever felt like that. I wonder if you've ever felt like, as you become a follower of Jesus that you find yourself going out not knowing where you're going. That's kind of crazy if you think about it. You know, what kind of person goes where they don't know where they're going? And this is what we see happen to Abraham. In obedience to God's call, he went out. He kind of knew where he was going, but he mostly didn't. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, the Bible says, he, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations without whose designer and builder is God. This is the English Standard Version. Now, this whole chapter, if you, if you happen to be following and not just reading the screen, you'll see like if you go up a verse, verse 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, when, when I, I, I did a little research, you know, I'm a pastor, I preach every Sunday, most Sundays, and so I was having, I was in a restaurant once, or actually I was at a checkout, and I was going through the store, and I said, hey, I'm doing a little research, fill in this blank, without blank, it is impossible to please God. Love, another cashier account, what do you think? Love. If you ask the person on the street, what would you think they would say? Love, humility, sincerity, dedication. Are those good things? Absolutely. But notice what God said. And this was a paradigm shift for me. This, was a, this, was a, this, this made my mind turn over 
when I began to, it finally began to dawn on me what God was after, this thing called faith. Now, he's after these other things. He's after dedication and humility and sacrifice. But you know, you can sacrifice and not have faith. You can love and not have faith. You won't love very long, but you can love without faith. And, and, and in, the crunches, in, the, in the crunch time of life, what, what so many times we find ourselves just trying to be more dedicated to God or what, are, what do you want, God? What do you want from me? How can I please you? And I want you, uh, we need to remember this verse. Without this, God says, it doesn't matter what you think God's after. He's telling us this is what he's after. He's after this thing called faith. Now, We've been teaching our people on this for a while, and it's like, invariably you hear this, well, I'm trying. It's hard. I wish I had more faith. You understand the very fact that God says, without this, you can't please me, means you have the ability to have faith. Faith is not something you have, it's something you use. It's not something you hope happens to you. It's something that God says, you have the capability to offer, and if you do offer this thing called faith to me, I am pleased. And you will find that that over your lifetime, if you follow Jesus, you will find an innumerable number of ways to, to exercise your faith. You, you heard about it in the tithe, in the giving. I mean, you know, that's not just dedication, that's faith. Yeah. And, I, you know, I know when I first started to tithe, I was like, God, really? I was a college student. I was like, I don't have any money. You got a lot more money than I do, God. I mean, I love you and everything. And so I finally let go of that $5, that difficult $5. That's about what a tithe was for me back then. And so you see this. I encourage you to read the whole chapter sometime, this journey of faith. Uh, Abraham, we start out with Abel, and Abel offered to God. He, he worshiped with, by faith, and Noah built something for God. He worked by faith. You know, everything we have to do, you have to work by faith. If you're going to be married, you're going to have a good marriage, you're going to have to do it in faith. You know, you're going to have to be a good husband or a good wife as unto the Lord. You're going to have to be a good employee as unto the Lord. That's faith. And you can read about it. I don't have time to teach all of this today. But Hebrews 11 one says, Faith is the evidence of things not seen, the substance things hoped for. Yeah. But I want to focus on this guy named Abraham. All right? Uh, so he called Abraham to leave his country, to leave everything familiar. This place called Ur of the Chaldees, which was like modern-day Iraq, ancient Persia, this ancient city with, with, with was idolatrous, full of idols, very little knowledge of the one true God, Jehovah. And he was called to go to this place called Canaan or the promised land. I'm not sure what God told him it was. It was just it was the promised land. This is my promise for you. This is my future for you. It was a long journey. If you look at it on a map, it's 1,100 miles by foot with, with, a, with a whole caravan and, and, and relatives and and donkeys and camels and tents. And it was slow going. Months and months. They would leave this journey. And, and, and he says, go. And you think you, here's the thing. You think, you think you know where you're going, but you really don't. You really don't. You just know who's telling you to go there. 
Our faith is not in how it all looks when we get there. And we're kind of, some of us are kind of wired that way. Some of you aren't. Some of you, you just, the more unknown, the more you like it. But most people are not like that. We don't like the unknown. And I want to give you some, fa- some, I- some bad ideas that we have about faith, okay? I call them fallacies about faith. Here's one of them. Fallacies about faith. If you are trusting God, you know, and if you have real faith, everything God has for you will become crystal clear. Maybe, and, and most of the time when we set out in faith to do something for God or from God, you know, it's, it's out of a, a sense of obedience and he shows us something either in the scripture or he speaks to us. How many know God speaks to you? God speaks to you. Isn't it great that this God speaks to us? You know, this is, a, this is the only religion that has a God that speaks directly to man. He condescends to us. He comes, that song was so beautiful. He comes after us. He comes to who we are. Who, who, who deserves that? No one. And I grew up without Jesus, and I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine that God would speak to me. And it, it is so, it's so amazing that he, he does. So he shows you things. He gives you dreams and visions. He says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. Your young men will dream. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. God is a God of visions and dreams. God is a God who speaks. God is a God who inspires. God is a God who paints a little vision inside of you. And you go, oh, okay, I'm going to go do that. I have a vision for my home now. I have a vision for my business. I have a vision for what God wants me to do. I have a vision for something I feel I, I can bless God with or serve God with or, or some new direction. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And you see it and you go after it. But it's, here's what I found. You see it, but you don't. In other words, there's always more that you don't see than you do see. He only gives you enough to get you going. And go, God, tell me more. I want 360. I want high definition. I want it to be so clear. I love high definition, don't you? But he doesn't. And you know, I go, come on, God, you're God. You can do anything. But I found out he, he likes this thing called faith. He's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. How many parents you got in the house? All right, so you got these, you know, different stages, and they're little bitty, and they learn to hear your voice, and you teach them to crawl and teach them to walk. And, 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 and you know you can't, if they're ever going to mature, you can't just keep carrying them around. You know, when they're 20 years old, you're just picking them up and carrying them around. <laughs> Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hear your voice, come on. And you keep going, and you keep going, and keep going. And then you don't have to, they don't have to hear your voice. They just go. They know your will. They just do. They learn things. And that's what God does with us. So you don't, it's not crystal clear. The other thing is about faith that we don't understand. We, we need to remember this. You, a fallacy about faith is if you really have faith, if you're really pleasing God with your faith, you will never have second doubts. You'll never have inner uh, Doubts or thoughts. Here, I want to read something. I, don't, I think we can get this on the screen. Second Corinthians one eight. Paul wrote this. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above our own strength, so that we despaired even of life. This does not sound like a believer. 
This does not sound like a man of faith. Who has, I mean, this guy. Who is this guy? The Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. We're all here. We're all part of the lineage of this man, one of the greatest servants of God ever. And yet, and he was in the middle of planting one of the greatest churches ever planted, especially in the first century, the church at Ephesus. Asia was Ephesus. But he said, man, we had doubts. We had second thoughts. We had what? And can I just say, I've been following Jesus over 40 years. It's been an amazing adventure. But I have noticed a pattern. <laughs> God will speak something to you, and you get like, come on, let's go. And you get out there, and then you like, the next morning you wake up. <laughs> what am I thinking? <laughs> Did a pastor's conference down in Congo, Kinshasa, huge, 7,000. I was part of a team. Amazing, amazing time. So the host comes up, we connect. He gives Pastor Michael, he said, will you come back and do another conference for me? Oh, let me pray about it. Man, I saw, I saw fervency there. I saw potential there. Okay, I'll do it. I brought one of our guys. We did a teaching conference. So, <laughs> so we land in Con- Kinshasa, and it's like a civil war. <laughs> it's the scariest place I've ever been. You know, and it's like, I mean, I didn't know if we were going to get out of the airport. I'm sitting on the platform ready to speak. 1,200 guys just packed into this hot place. Pastor Michael introduces me. He goes, I am so thankful for Pastor Chuck. When I invite people, no one would come because of the Civil War, but Pastor Chuck. And I'm going, you did not tell me about a Civil War. I remember specifically asking you, is it okay there? He, oh, it's fine. It's fine, Pastor Chuck. It's fine. And I don't know about you, but I've always found myself like obeying God. And then that second thought, like, what were you thinking? This, you know, your guts are churning and you're having to face down some doubts and fears. And, and, you know, it's, that's from day one, guys. I'm just telling you, that when I met Jesus, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I was, a, I was a, on academic scholarship. I was a science major in a college and, and had a, everything look good. And God came and found me and I got saved. And then three months later, he's calling me to the ministry. And I'm moving out. I'm leaving. He told me to leave. Leave all that and walk away from that scholarship. Walk away from that. And it's like, I was so excited. Because when God speaks, you're excited. But there's the morning after. That's when faith kicks in. It's easy to have faith when you hear the living voice of God. It's easy to have faith when you feel the amazing presence of God. It's easy to have faith when you see the hand of God showing up. But it's, it's between the initial thing God said and the fulfillment of it. That's faith. That's what faith is. And what I, I want to share with you today is God's into that. God likes that. When, it, when I saw that God liked that process, I could get into it. I, oh, here comes that, here comes that, you know, 
alcohol seltzer moment, you know, that's, you know, that moment when your stomach's churning and, why do you keep doing this to me, Lord? Because he wants to show up and he wants to prove himself. And he, he can I just say it like this? He can't do it. God can't do it without someone somewhere believing him. The Bible says Jesus of Nazareth in his hometown could not do any mighty miracle. Some people think that's just blasphemy. But that's what the Bible says because of their unbelief. So, so it was a, quite a shift in my thinking to understand that what, at any given moment, that's what God's after. We believe in praying, but pray in faith. We believe in working for God, but work in faith. We don't obey God just out of a duty or a martyr spirit. We obey in faith. We believe for great things because he's a great God. He's a big God. He's an amazing God. So what I figured out is that God is in the business of getting us to take risk. And, you know, I don't know where you are in the risk, risk scale, you know, the, you know, in the, in the marketplace, you got this group of people called entrepreneurs, and they're high-risk people. Creative people are typically more high-risk people, and you know, more your science and accounting and those guys are not. They tend. They tend I don't want to generalize anybody here, but less risk. And most people are risk-averse. They're just. We just don't like risk. We think something is wrong if we don't have everything kind of just planned out and figured out. And, and I, I think it's getting worse. In fact, what I think is happening in our society, and I think our societies are a lot alike, believe it or not, even though Trump's our president, we're a lot alike. <laughs> okay? Stuff you don't know. Is that we're taking less risks. People don't want to get married anymore. We just live together. Because I'm like, well, I'll make sure. Make sure. I, make, I like this church, but I don't know if I want to join. What if it's not right? I know I need to follow Jesus, but what if I'm not ready? You know, have you ever heard this? I'm just not ready. You ever heard that one? Do y'all say that a lot over here? Like, okay, that's cool. How long is that going? Five years. Five years. I'm just, but you know, I'm just studying it. I'm just studying it. <laughs> you know, we can mask our fear and call it wisdom. And there is a time to pull the trigger. There is a time to step out. There is a time to close the back door. And I want to say to you that you cannot go with God. You just can't. You cannot go with this God. You cannot see God's plan come to pass for you. Unless you take steps of faith. You have to understand this is called the faith. Yeah. It's not just a religion. It's not just a doctrine. You at some point got to decide what you believe. And at some point you have to act on it. And I'm not saying this because it's been easy for me to do that. Because I was a science guy. And I, you know, I, I'm just, I, I thank God personally for... 
I love living in the time I'm living in. I'm a, I love technology. You know, I, I'm an Apple, Mac, iPhone guy. I'm a, I love the fact that we have GPSs in our cars and on our phones. Some of you young people, I just want you to think about a moment in, in back in ancient history <laughs> before GPSs. I know, it's a scary thought. And, and, and listen, it was a scary day. I used to live and work in Dallas, Texas, back in the days of maps. Remember maps? I'm not talking about the app. That's crazy. I'm in Dallas. Dallas has got some of the worst street signs. I just had to forgive the city planners over and over. And it's like you're navigating from point A to point B with a map. You know, it used to be you never left home. You take a long trip, you got maps. You got these big atlases on the back of the car and these big old maps. And hopefully had somebody with you, a navigator. And if not, you had to stop. And if there was no street signs, you got to go ask somebody, hey, I'm looking for this street. And you get some old timer, and he doesn't have street names. He goes, you go north by northwest. I don't see the sun. I don't know where north is. I don't know. What are you talking about? Don't you love GPSs? You can just get in a car, man, and you can just go. And you can miss a turn, and it's okay. She's so polite. Not like some people. When you get a chance, take a U-turn. When you get a chance, take another U-turn. They never say, idiot. Just, when you get a... Love that. Love it. We're bonding. And that's what God wants us to know, guys. If you're a Christian... The Holy Spirit lives in you. Quit being afraid. Step out there, man. Do what God... I don't know, just make up something to do. Do what God's called you to do. Do what the Bible teaches. You want your Bible study to come alive? Before you read, pray. And when you pray, pray this. Whatever you say in here, I'm going to do. You may not read a lot of Scripture. But everything you read will change your life. Whatever you tell me, God, I'm going to do radical, radical. I am so thankful to Jesus for so many reasons. For you know, saving me from sin and corruption. But I am thankful that he loves us so much that he calls us to adventure. It is my observation in the Western world, we're not... We're, we're dying of boredom. Most people are just bored. They're just, they're not, they're, their basic needs are met. They're not struggling to survive, but they're absolutely struggling for meaning. They're absolutely struggling for purpose. We're just, I watch people all the time. You know, I, I make sure, I mean, sometimes I get bored. And it's like, that's inconceivable. To know this God and be bored. Are you listening now? It's inconceivable to know this God and for, for long periods of time. I'm not saying every moment because I don't want to turn you into ADD people. Some of you are already that way. I won't, I won't speak of everyone. I don't, the only person I know is 
very well as Pastor Mark. So let me say some of you are like that. <laughs> I know some of your other people. But isn't it great that he calls us to adventure? He calls us to get out of the boat. He calls us, you know, I was, I was preaching on this and I talked about what happens when the disciples, remember they were in the boat and it's like, don't you care? Because here's the thing. He says, hey guys, let's get in this boat. We're going to go to the other side. Cool. Yeah. What an adventure. Didn't, you know, category three storm comes in right there, right at halfway across the lake. And did God know that was going to happen? And then they asked the ridiculous question. When the scripture is, when we see it, it's ridiculous. Don't you care that we're perishing? And I thought, I told the church, I said, listen, if we play out our fears, they're, they're crazy. Because if their fears had come to pass, the Bible would have been rewritten to read something like, and they all perished that day and sank Jesus and his disciples. Mark 4 would have been the end of Mark. Not Mark 16. Thus ends the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's how the Bible would have been written. We don't just think through your scenarios. Think through your fears. Put them in the cold light of day. Put them in the light of who God is. What kind of risk did Abraham take to leave Ur of the Chaldees? Listen now. Nothing. Because God was with him. It's in your boat. It won't sink. He couldn't fail. He didn't have all the answers. He had to keep trusting God. And what God was trying to do for Abraham, what God did for Abraham, is what he wants to do for every single one of us. This is who our God is. He, he was writing a legacy journey. And see the legacy. If you'll let him, he'll write you a legacy. He's the main character, but you're in it. He's writing this story. It's your God steps into our story to invite us into his story, one of us. To deliver us from a bad story and write a good story. And he, gosh, you know what? He knows how to do it. But it takes faith. And what God is trying to do for each one, but you're going to have to just keep taking risk and step out. And there's going to be these moments ago. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? God, God, I am so pumped about the future. Let me ask you a question. Are you pumped about your future? Yes. <laughs> I, thought Brit, I thought Brits were not. What has God called you to do? What risk are you taking for God? Has he called you to start a business? Has he called you to step up and serve? Has he called you to start following Jesus? Has he, called, has he called you to go public as a Christian you've been afraid to make? Has he called you to get married and not just live with someone? You know? What has he called you to do? I want to invite you into that risk-taking. And, and, and what if I fail? You may. You may. I mean, I, I haven't succeeded everything I've done. But let me tell you this. I'm glad I did it. I would rather, listen now, I'd rather fail in faith than succeed in fear. Because if you live by fear, you'll succeed at doing nothing. You'll be very successful at doing nothing. If your whole philosophy of life is to not fail, you'll, 
you'll, you'll, you'll, that you'll reach that goal. Except you'll fail because you never tried. And so I just felt the Lord stir me today to share that with you. It's just to, to be a risk taker for Jesus, to get into the, to the big story. There's one more scripture and we're going to pray. And in this story of Abraham, is an, is, it comes out of Genesis 12, 4. And he says here, when, when Abraham obeyed God, it's interesting the way it puts it. Genesis 12, 4 says, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. We know what happened there. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from where? Haran. Oh, wait a minute. I thought he called him out of Ur. See, if you look on a map, there's Ur, there's the promised land. And right in the middle is a place called Haran. It was a beautiful place. It was a halfway point. What were they doing? They stopped. And here's the final thing I want to say with you. It was a rest stop that has the danger of becoming a permanent stop. And I, I always, always feel there are people, maybe you're here today, you've, maybe you got tired, maybe you had a run at something, maybe you, but you got tired, maybe you needed a break. You needed a break. You needed a rest. Maybe you got burned out. Maybe you got hurt. Maybe you got hurt in a marriage. Maybe you got hurt in a ministry. Maybe you got hurt in a church. And you know, that's good to take a break, man. It is. It's real. It's legit. But a rest stop should never be a permanent stop. And so I want to just add that in today. Because somebody, maybe, has been sitting around too long. And you're getting restless. And your muscles are atrophying. And your faith needs to get back in the game. And it's been too long since you've taken some risk. Amen? Let's stand together. Lord, I thank you for this precious congregation. I am so excited to see their journey. I am so excited to sense the excitement and the momentum. I am so thankful you have given them a visionary pastor, Lord, that you are using not only in their lives but in their city and around the world. And, Lord, I just speak, God, your great blessing now on each and every one of them. In the mighty name of Jesus, let them hear your voice, God. Let them do, each and every one, what you called. How many of you say, God, I'm going with you? Wherever you take me, just tell him that right now. I'm going with you, God. I'm going with you. Just tell him that. Step out. Watch God show up. And I thank you, Lord, for blessing those commitments in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless.